This podcast goes to 11. We're talking Spinal Tap this week on the Hit the Light Podcast. The Hit the Light Podcast featuring Big Frog and Michael Castleberry is on the air. Covering classic metal and comedy from San Diego, California. So now sit tight and hit the light. The Hit the Light Podcast is recorded live and uncensored. Big Frog in particular is not politically correct, so please don't be offended. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Hit the Light Podcast with me, Big Frog. And me, Mike Castleberry. And this week we are talking Spinal Tap. That's right. Well, The legend, the movie, the band, all that. This is Spinal Tap. This is Spinal Tap. I didn't realize that that was the name of the movie for like the longest time. Right, I just thought it was, Spinal Tap. Yeah. yeah, yeah, that's that's true. So yeah, so I also looked up just Spinal Tap, and then This Is Spinal Tap came up, yeah. and a bunch of other videos that I ended up watching some of them to get like some background and yeah. whatever, because there's like a story, you know? Well, before we get into that, we should get into the current events. Current events, yeah. Then we'll dive into the main topic. To the hand. main topic, and uh, so Dave Mustaine, he's got the throat cancer, which yeah. I guess I mean for a singer is probably the worst thing. Place yeah. you could have it. I guess. Uh, he's he's not had good luck. Yeah, he had that shit where he um, fucked up his arm. Right, uh, we had nerve da- nerve damage in his arm, so he couldn't play guitar for yeah. like a year or two there. Right now he's got throat cancer, so yeah. he's having a little rough go at it, man. Yeah. Um, well, you know he probably he taxed his system early on. Yeah, he, that's the way that goes. I'm familiar with that, you yeah. know. And you you pay for it later with with you yeah. know, things when you do heroin and shit, and you're an alcoholic mm-hmm. for a long time. It it takes a toll. Yeah. You don't really completely bounce back from that. Right. Uh, yeah. That. So he brought that up a couple weeks ago, and we just forgot to mention current events a couple weeks ago. Yeah. So. so basically, um, he the tour's canceled, but he's in the studio. So yeah. he's recording right now. He's not going to waste the time, I guess. Yeah. And, um, yeah, man, I hope he recovers quick and, you know. That'd be cool. I became a Megadeth fan later on. Yeah. You know, because at the time I was Team Metallica for whatever reason. Same and, thing. Yeah. I, You know, it was, that was the thing back in the day. You, you know, that was the Elvis versus Beatles thing. Yeah. Where you got to pick one, yeah, you know, and I was all in with Metallica, so Dave Mustaine was like, ugh, yeah. that guy can't fucking sing. Yeah, he was a dick. Not, not that like, James Hetfield is a fucking, right. you know, great singer, but right. Dave Mustaine has a worse singing voice yeah. than Yeah, Hetfield's got a better growl to yeah. him. Yeah. I mean, I still say it to this day, um, There's there aren't many Megadeth songs that probably wouldn't sound slightly better with Hetfield singing them. (laughs) Probably so, (laughs) but he's kind of got his own thing going now. So you don't listen to it for great. Right, right, right. And 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 he's had a hell of guitar players in that band. Yeah. So that's that's cool. You know. Well, you have to be a hell of fucking great guitar player because you're. You're trying to, you have to play leads against someone that's a great fucking guitar player. Mm-hmm. Like, Hetfield's a solid guitar player, but rhythm there's a reason why player, he's yeah. a rhythm guitar player. Like, Dave, he was the lead guitarist in mm-hmm. Metallica. Right. So you got to be able to fucking outshine him. Right. And For he's going to sure. fucking bring it. And he still does. Like, he's, 
he plays the rhythm, but he still solos and shit right. on albums too. Right. So he get, he makes sure he gets his shine in there. So. Right. Did I bring up the 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 uh, Megadeth tribute band that I saw and uh, and Metallica one? No, I don't think you did. It was it was a trip. It was at the Music Box, which is a cool little venue. It looks like a prison in, uh-huh. inside because it has tears, and um, and uh, I think it's the band's called Wake Up Dead or Woke Up Dead or some uh-huh. shit like that. And it's just this one dude. It's this one dude. He's he's Mustaine, right? Yeah. And um, and he sings all the songs, and he takes a lot of the leads too. You know. Huh. But uh, but he fucking he was into it, man. He brought like a lot of energy and shit. And so and so after that was gonna be Anesthesia, which yeah. was a, a Metallica tribute. I have heard of them. Right, and I was like, this dude better fucking bring fucking energy because that other dude was fucking brought it. Yeah. Lo and behold, it's the same dude. <laughs> he went and changed his vest into a fucking cut off shirt and. Now he's Hetfield, so he he was mistaken Holy shit. on the same day, back to back. Shit, that's it was like pretty a, good. And in the, in the Metallica band is him and the three Mexicans. That's almost as uh, yeah, that's that's almost as good as that Sabbath band that has a Dio and a, yeah, a Dio and an Ozzy. I'd be it'd be even more impressive if it was someone that did both. Like he just changed wigs. That would be crazy. But uh, you know. But yeah, it was almost I, like what you said about the the you know singing all those songs. Yeah. It was you know the same dude. I kind of want to see now because you'd shown me that it's like the Black Sabbath, the complete experience, Black Sabbath experience yeah. or something. So they got an Aussie, and they got a Dio, they got a Lefty Iomi. I would like to. I I kind of want to see because I just saw some of the banter. Uh, not a huge fan of like complete impersonation bands. Right. Where it's like you got a guy up there. It's like who are you? Knows what pigs like trying yeah. to be Aussie. Yeah. But, I love um, you all. Yeah. yeah. But I kind of would like to see them really go at it with like some sort of banter where they have like the Aussie and the deal like talk shit to each oh, other. Oh, that would be funny. Between songs. Like make it funny. That would be funny. To an extent. I know you don't yeah. like mixing comedy and metal too right. much. If it happens naturally, it's fine. Ironically enough, considering the episode we're doing. Right. But that would be funny because it's like, you know, our friend, you know, Ryan Shores, good comedian. He's mm-hmm. also in the the guitarist at a Misfits Trooper band, The Fiends. Right. They have comedy in their their show, too. Okay. I don't You haven't actually caught them. No, I'm, I'm going to, I am going to catch them next week. I do got, I have my tickets for their last show. Oh, right? I don't have tickets. I didn't but, get tickets. Oh, shit. But uh, <laughs> you should be fine. Like, well, their last, last show is on the 20th at Ken Club. Right. But anyway, uh, so um, they do a thing where they kind of surprise you where you think most most Misfits tribute bands are going to be Danzig era only. Right. They cover other eras. Right. A little bit. Yeah. And the guy they had that used to do the Michael Graves era vocals had to leave and be in like a real band. Right. So they hired a chick. Yeah. And uh, her first show was... The one I caught a uh, month or a couple months back, but, right. uh, she's Michelle Graves. Right. But anyway, so they have the Danzig impersonator leave, uh-huh. and then this chick does a few, a few songs, and you know, then he the Danzig comes back. Right. So they're doing like the the Danzig reunion gap. Oh, okay. But when he's on it to begin with, 
they're all doing the misfits, the devil lock and everything. When he comes mm-hmm. back, he's got like a shitty Danzig wig. That's <laughs> funny. And uh, they have good banter and stuff like that. Right. So. That's cool. I, I'm looking forward to it. Hyping up. Hyping up uh, my, my friend's band, The Fiends. You only got a couple more chances to see them. So yeah. if you're in San Diego, uh, look them up because yeah. they're doing their last show on July 20th at Ken Club. It definitely looks worth checking out. Um now another whether debate whether there was going to be any worth checking out or not and the date snuck up on me so I didn't go it's tonight is the Dio hologram it's in LA at the Wiltern yeah Wiltern's a badass theater like you go in there to trip yeah. man it's old as fuck and whatever and I like Dio Disciples it turned out it was going to be like ten fifteen dollars more yeah. than it would have been the hologram fee. you know and to be further away yeah and uh this morning, Lonnie was like, oh, we should have went, you know, and I was like, eh, well. It's like, I got a podcast. Yeah, <laughs> you know, but. Um, <laughs> That's important. <laughs> yeah, but I expect to hear some reviews in the next few days yeah. about, you know, people that were there. You know, I know a few people that went. I don't know if it was here. Yeah, yeah. And the people that went are, are, are calling it like a celebration of Dio or, yeah. you know, whatever. And that's cool, you know, um, I'm down with that. Um, yeah. So, um, whatever. We'll see. Yeah. We'll see Luckily, uh, my uh, I'm sending my hologram to be in the audience for. Yeah. For there that, you go. So. Yeah, the big frog hologram will be on the, on the <laughs> upper deck. <laughs> yeah. All right. So in uh, in starting off with Spinal Tap, the year's 1984. Yeah. Right. That's the year the movie comes out, and that's the year that it's set in. Yeah. Right. And so I, I um, looked up some shit, and basically, because there's a backstory, you know, the, the backstory to, uh, to Spinal Tap is basically they were formed in um, 1966, and uh, I don't remember the name of the town that they're supposed to be from, it's a made-up name, yeah, like Squandry or some, something like that. Anyway, so in 1966, they form. And just like all these real bands that we talk about all the time, they started out as a rock and roll band. Yeah. You know, and they had a couple of hits that were just not not heavy at all and whatever. Yeah. They kind of, I almost, like, when you see those, because they show that in the, the movie and stuff, too, mm-hmm. a little bit. Yeah. Um, it's... It's almost like almost like a Judas Priest type of thing. It does look like that, except for they're a lot more hippie-ish. Yeah, but you know, it's just that same deal. It's the the funny thing about that when they depict it, it's like they're going through all the different trends, right? The, the time. different trends, different. So looks. they were yeah. a hippie band for a little bit. They did. They had like one of their singles was "Cups and Cakes," and it was yeah. a, a very Beatles Sergeant Pepper era right. type of song. Yeah. And then they had their. Uh, before that, they like I think their first hit was like "Give Me Some Money," which is definitely kind of like a Kinks thing going yeah. for it. Yeah. So they really had a lot of fun just with, with that. They right. you know they had the multiple drummers that died. Yeah, like, all that. So so basically, in the story, it's like they blew up and they were huge, and then they they started trending downward. But then they had a, a surprise hit in, oh, in like 75 or so, they sue their management for, um, for non-payment of royalties or yeah. whatever. 
and then their management countersues them for having a lack of talent. <laughs> and so they think, okay, well, we better just drop it because we're going to end up having to pay this. Yeah. So they end up just staying on the label. And then they have, in 77, they have a surprise single that hits called Nice and Stinky, right? <laughs> and so based on that, they got a new record deal with an American company, and uh, and they make one album, and it's a flop. And so as the movie's starting, they've made the second album, but there's arguments about the cover, how it's going to come yeah. out, all that stuff. And that's their second album for the new label, which... They're supposed to be, yeah. but the label's kind of like, eh, they've lost interest in them and shit. That's one of my favorite jokes in the movie is uh, when they're going over their reviews for their last album, uh, Shark Sandwich. Yeah. And then it said, oh, this one review, it was just two words. Right. Shit sandwich. Right. And they're like, is that, that real? Can you, can you actually write that? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Which, you know, that's one of the many, many parallels. And that one is actually a Black Sabbath parallel. Mm -hmm. Because when Live Evil came out, the Rolling Stone review was more like Dead Duck. Yeah. So that's they came that's where they got that one. But there's like so many in throughout the movie that you could say, Oh, it's either this or it's either that. But like some of them are more um are more specific. You know, like you talk about the drummers dying. Yeah. One of them choked on vomit. Yeah. That's very Bon Scott. Yeah. Right? But it was, uh, <laughs> that was the thing. It was, he, he didn't choke on his own oh, vomit. Oh, yeah. He choked on somebody else's he vomit. He choked on somebody else's vomit. <laughs> uh, the funny thing about Spinal Tap, just to, before we dive a little bit harder into it, um, it's funny for me because, you know, around, like, metal was, like, raining. It was, like, really at its height when that when this movie came out right um so you're right there in there in it so mm -hmm. when a, a a comedy movie about metal comes out i'm sure you're like oh cool yeah to an extent you know yeah. uh for me i was obviously it was before my time a little bit it took me a while to really kind of get the whole spinal tap thing mm -hmm. because um when i was younger the first thing I ever saw mentioning Spinal Tap was an episode of The Simpsons. Mm. And Bart had tickets to go see Spinal Tap. Okay. So they were treating Spinal Tap like a real band. Right. Like Bart was like super excited to go Stoked. see Spinal Tap with Milhouse and shit. Right. And so for me, I didn't know if they're a made-up band for The Simpsons or if they're a real band that was, like, guest starring. Yeah. Like, that kind of stuff. And in the episode, they accidentally, like, kill Spinal Tap. Okay. Like, um, you know, so like, one of them, like, is, you know, in the audience, uh, I think Bart had, like, a laser pointer or something. Mm -hmm. He's fucking around and it hits... Uh, the guitarist or something, the eye is like, oh, my vision. And then later, like, someone's driving the bus and then they couldn't see and it crashes. And <laughs> mm, yeah. But, um, yeah, so I didn't really quite get the Spinal Tap thing yet. And right. then when I got a little bit older, because this is during that time period, it's, you know, it's the 90s. So it's harder to get your hands on older movies like that, mm -hmm. like in, like, if the VHS isn't readily available, right, like you're, it's hard to find, right. 
And um, it was before digital downloads yeah. and whatever. Yeah. Um, so the next time I saw a reference to Spinal Tap, I was watching uh, a Metallica documentary. It's back back those when they, you know, every band used to have like a band documentary and a road documentary type of thing. So those are like the hot shit for like metalheads. Yeah. Get. There's like a Pantera one yeah. and everything. So was, I um, love those. It was a, I don't think they do them anymore. Yeah. But there's yeah. a Metallica one is a year and a half in the life of. Yeah. And it was documenting right after the Black Album comes out mm-hmm. and then the tour and when they're touring with Guns N' Roses. Mm-hmm. So it's just following them around for a year and a half. Right. They just blew up. And at the time that I didn't get the joke or the reference mm-hmm. because um, there's one point where they're at some launch party thing or some some signing or something and they have um, the dudes from Spinal Tap show up in character <laughs> and they have the Black Album. Right. And I, you know, the, the one of them I think is the singer, uh, was it Nigel? Yeah, or no, he's the, he's the, 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 the guitarist. guitarist well, yeah. one of them, he goes up to him because I haven't seen this in over twenty years. So right, I'm going off of memory, but it's like, it's like, oh, where did you get the idea for an all black album? Yeah, Metallica representatives. Yeah, <laughs> you yeah. know. So I was like, huh, what the fuck did that mean? And then right. later, I didn't see Spinal Tap until as we're getting a Hollywood video in the early two thousands. And um, I had, at that point, I had heard about it mm-hmm. a little bit from other stuff, like a bit more, like the actual mockumentary and mm-hmm. all that. So I kind of, I sought it out when I was working there and I took it home and I watched it and it was fucking hilarious. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then I got that that joke with like how they, you know, like you said, they're, they're arguing with the record label over the album. So then they just do... An all black album, right? You know, yeah, because their cover couldn't get approved. Yeah, yeah. so yeah, none more black. Yeah, none more. <laughs> yeah, so yeah, so there, there's a good, uh, there's a good uh, parallel. One that I had noticed right away was because when I was a kid, we had like for whatever reason, we didn't have much. We were we were pretty broke, but we had like the full set of encyclopedias and uh, some other books on this big ass bookshelf that we had. And one of them was a early, you know, I don't know, 70s probably, a copy of the Guinness Book of World Records. And they had a lot of shit in there. I pretty much had that shit memorized. And, um, and one of the things was the world's loudest band. And the world's loudest band in this book that I read was Deep Purple. Yeah. And so I... I think now it's... Uh... I'm not sure who it is now. Yeah. But this is uh, not important. Yeah, but I, <laughs> I no, it's like it's man of war. Is it? It Might could have be. It. Yeah, but uh, but um, but so at the time and and at the time that I read it, I didn't know who Deep Purple was. But then later on, when I found out who Deep Purple was, I was like, oh yeah, they're the world's loudest band. Also, yeah. you know, so that was a good one. And then uh, in the same reference, the Black Album. The title of the Black Album is "Smell the Glove." Yes, which that. Always, that always makes me think of like all the innuendos that are every White Snake album. Yeah, is like some kind of something sexual, yeah. you know. And so, yeah, so there's those are good, uh, good parallels in that. Um, another thing that I noticed right away, 
is that in one of the early scenes, the singer for uh, which is Michael Mike McKeon. Yeah. He uh, he got a big old herpes sore. Yeah. <laughs> so which I'm sure that that's probably in general just saying all these rockers from the 70s or whatever all yeah. had herpes. They're all gross, just fucking, yeah. You know, they're, uh, they're out there fucking whatever doing it, you know. But, um, but one thing that they didn't really show in the movie was they didn't have a whole lot of that groupie life thing. Yeah. Because they, their following was mostly male. Yeah, and they were on the downswing, too. Right, right. But to me, like, there's a lot of bands that following is mostly male, and especially bands that are, like, more serious music, yeah. you know? But to me, the band that always equates with that is Rush. Yeah. You don't see no chicks at a Rush yeah. concert. Like, if they're there, they're there with a the guy, they're, you know, or whatever. And he dragged them there, most yeah. likely. There's this one gal that I'm friends with on Facebook that's, like, one of the various burlesque gals oh, yeah. that, like, you know, Shores' wife knows, mm-hmm. stuff like that. And um, people were talking about, like, bands that everybody, like, what are, what's a band that everybody seems to love that you don't get and you just don't get? And she was, like, Rush. And then, yeah. Like, other people were, like, yeah. And it's all chicks going, like, I don't like Rush. Yeah. And, you know, she's going, like, you know, I I, I kind of respect what they do. Yeah. But I don't think I've ever, like, had a connection with a guy that's into Rush. Right. And I mentioned, I was like, oh, yeah, my buddy Big Frog was talking about that. He's like, that's yeah. why I like to see, he'd spread it out. Like, yeah, he goes to see Rush, but then he also went to see Bon Jovi because of where all the chicks were. <laughs> right, yeah. Yeah, totally. And what's what's funny on that one is uh, is I one time was at this, this uh, chick's house. She was a stripper. And, uh, and she had an acoustic line around the house, right? Mm. So I don't, I don't really play acoustics. I can't really play acoustics yeah. very well. So the my one like little go to riff for uh, for acoustic guitars is Discovery, mm-hmm. where you know in Twenty One Twelve where he picks up the guitar yeah. and plays that dun, 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 dun. Yeah. yeah and so I play that and and this chick is just like Rush and I was just like oh wow this, get out of this here chick nerd knows who Rush is <laughs> but I was like yeah man this, this is she's gonna be cool I could yeah. yeah. I could tell she was gonna be cool. Another thing that's uh, that's pretty standard in what they did is it's a Les Paul through Marshall stack. Yeah, which is I mean, the from Ace Freely to Slash to Jimmy Page. Oh, to, yeah, that's you the, know it's the standard. That's fucking yeah. hard rock sound. You know, so they got that right. They got a lot of shit right. You yeah, know? I, I mean they really. They, they did their research. Like, there's a lot of shit in there. Uh, some of the stories that are that they parody in there are really, really, like, you know, not not that long ago to that. Yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, par- they do a parody of the, the Stonehenge yeah. thing with, uh, with Black Sabbath. Which was right before that. Yeah, and that was only in 81. Yeah. But um, what they did, you know, the... This, the the classic Black Sabbath story is someone, you know, kind of misread the instructions or they made it way too fucking big. Yeah. So it their stage set didn't even fit in a lot of places. Right. And um, so they're just like Jesus Christ. But they also had a dwarf. Oh yeah. That was 
to walk across the top of Stonehenge and someone happened in and he'd fall. Mm-hmm. And I think they did it a couple times and they're like, okay, we got to stop having the dwarf falling yeah. off of shit. It's, <laughs> it's too high. Right. Uh, it's a bit scarier than we thought it was going to be. Right. So they, they nixed that. So what they had, you know, with Spinal Tap is they reversed it. Yeah. And someone misread the instructions. They built tiny, it too 18 tiny. inches instead yeah. of 18 feet. Yeah. And then they had um, dwarfs involved in that. Right. And then <laughs> the first time they bring it out is this tiny little Stonehenge with dwarfs dancing around it. Yeah. And they're like, well, we can't have a fucking Stonehenge that's going to be trampled by a dwarf. Like, yeah. <laughs> <you know? laughs> yeah. Uh, let's see. Oh, another thing that they hit on, which was a thing if in the 80s. And uh, and it, there was like a lot of debate about who did it and who didn't do it. But a lot of fools used to stuff their pants in those days. Yeah. Like whether it was a sock or whether it was yeah. like something, you know. Um Dudes that were particular, David Lee Roth used to show a lot of dick. <laughs> uh, Bruce Dickinson used to show a lot of dick. Put the dick in Dickinson. Yeah, when, yeah when, and, and they were like all about those, those tight-ass spandex. And, uh, and I often thought, like, well, I never wore spandex. I never yeah. wore spandex in my life, and I wouldn't. But, I've done it once, but that was when I was doing like a pro wrestling like Halloween costume. Okay. And even then, I didn't have a cup, but I wore like several pairs of like boxer briefs. Yeah, underneath, yeah, so yeah. I didn't have like yeah. a dick Make print. Make it smooth. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So I, yeah. So it wasn't just like my dick exactly. hanging out at a fucking Halloween party. Right. <laughs> That's gonna get some comments. I'd yeah. imagine. I mean, you know, like. Yeah, you're you're just inviting people just to make fun of you, unless yeah, like here, let me keep this yeah, like semi totally, hard totally. for a little while. Yeah, <laughs> unless you're fucking straight up fucking John Holmes status, yeah. and then everybody goes say shit. Yeah. <laughs> well, they might. Yeah, like, or they hey, might they might be like, like hey, how much you gotta take you and your take like that dildo gross out your giant fucking, dick? Yeah, <laughs> get out of here, gross dick. Before you hurt somebody, damn it, put some fucking kids' eyes out, man. No shit. All right, so at some point, <laughs> at some point in the tour, he brings his chick, right? Yeah. And that's always that's a classic, classic scenario. I I get the vibe that uh, they, that might have been a, a Wendy Dio. Wendy Dio, you know, um, it's a, like a reverse Sharon because she was already the manager yeah. first. Although, um, but. You know, it's it's one of those things where that kind of thing, it's almost like porn. It's like if it's like if you um, if you have a girlfriend, and right at the beginning you guys kind of like start watching porn together, mm-hmm. then you can watch porn together for your whole relationship. You don't bring that in halfway. Yeah, you don't girl. bring that in halfway, right? So it's that same thing. Like like for example, when I was uh, in blacksmith, uh, my girl was there. Yeah. You know, and she used to just hang out with us and she was cool. Yeah. Everybody liked her. It wasn't a thing. She wasn't, she kept her opinions to herself. Like she'd tell yeah. me later, you know, and then I'll bring it. If, if I yeah. agreed, I'll bring it in as my own. Yeah. You know, but you want to be like, you know what my chick says? My chick says, and she like, wouldn't say nothing. Yeah. It's like, oh, I didn't know your chick was in the band. Yeah. <laughs> you know, but other than that, I mean, you know, it's one of those things where it's like, you know, 
do they like like at some point she wanted to be the co-manager yeah and they're like oh man this you know first of all she didn't know what Dolby was yeah. you know she didn't she didn't know nothing so like at some point like for example like let's say for Wendy Dio right she basically was just a chick she yeah. didn't have she wasn't a manager who he got to yeah. know and then you yeah, know she didn't have prior experience exactly so I'm sure you know she learned on the fly whatever whatever it was that she learned <clears throat> and when it's that when it's like that they're always like it just always seems like they're always telling their boyfriend that he doesn't need the rest of the band yeah. You know, that's how it You're, ends you're up. the talented one. Yeah. You know, and that may be true in some cases. In some yeah. cases, it may not. You know? I mean, that happens. It, I, I think that tends to happen even if they're not getting involved, like, to the extent like that. Mm -hmm. When everybody starts getting married and shit that, you know, when they started the band, they're all single. And, right. and they all settle down and everybody's right. wives think they need a little bit bigger piece of the pie. Right. Like, everybody blames Yoko Ono for the, for the Beatles. Beatles. But, you know... Paul had his wife. Like I'm sure everybody's wives were pulling them, and after a while, yeah. the Beatles were. It was really almost just four solo acts, right? So you had like these are so and so songs, and these are so and so songs, and then this is the album. But right, right. Um, you know what's funny? Uh, this they had a lot of cameos in this movie. Like uh, Bruno Kirby's in it. Mm -hmm. You know who Bruno Kirby is? That's, uh, he was in The Godfather for... He was yeah, in Godfather yeah. 2, but he's like in a lot of comedies and shit. Yeah. He's Billy Crystal's friend who is also in it, right? Yes. Um, and then this dude who I don't know his name, but he was in Sesame Street, mm -hmm. and he was the guy who would paint numbers, okay. places, and he was also on The Jeffersons. Yeah. Like it, but, so that guy's in it. I don't know that guy's name. And then when they're old, we're like, uh, they're, you know, they're already old rockers and shit. And some young rocker guy comes walking through and like uh -huh. everybody knows. And they're like, I'll go talk to him and shit. And he's kind of like, eh. Mm -hmm. That's Paul Shortino from Rough Cut. <laughs> That's the singer from Rough Cut. Gotcha. So he got, he got in there. And then, and, the, and his manager was that Dr. Johnny Fever dude from mm. WKRP. I don't know what yeah. his real name is, but that's what I know him from. Uh, Paul Schaefer's in the movie. Yeah. Which he's, you know, the musical, he was the musical director from SNL. All these dudes are from SNL. Yeah. And then, um, and then uh, there's dudes who, who actually, because, because of the movie, the strength of the movie and the cult, the cult class. I guess the movie really didn't do that great in the theaters. Yeah. But once it came out on on a, you know at Blockbuster or whatever, it blew up, and so they became like a real band. Like, and all those dudes can play. Yeah. You know, um, the keyboardist in the band, Ruf uh, London Wainwright. Okay. And his son is Rufus Wainwright, mm -hmm. who I guess is a popular, but I don't know that yeah. kind of music. But I've this, heard the name. Yeah, yeah. but this dude, uh, London Wainwright, has like 20 albums uh -huh. that he's, you know, and he's like a real musical guy. But all those dudes like Michael McKeon and, and Christopher Guest, they can really play. You know, they can, uh, they can get through it. Harry Shearer, who's the bassist, he's not as good, yeah. you know, but he's a bassist, so it kind of works out. 
But um, but like in those videos that I that I send you, one of them they're playing fucking Glastonbury. Yeah, <laughs> and it's like fucking hundred thousand, two hundred thousand people they're playing for and shit. And actually, the drummer that plays with them in that concert uh-huh. is Greg Bissonette, who's the drummer for David Lee Roth's yeah. band in the early days. So that's uh, yeah, just going by some of the people or uh, personnel for this. That this was uh, Rob Reiner's first movie. That oh, he was it? Oh, that wow! Was his first. First film. Right. So. And largely improvised. Yeah. You know, it's from, like, somebody gave them some certain amount of money to write a script. Yeah. And they were like, yeah, not really. We're It's going to be kind of like this. Yeah. You like it or you don't like it. You know? Yeah. The interesting thing with that, too, not only is it that's his first, his first movie he ever directed, but while it's not the first of its kind... As far as I know, this is the first, like, consequential mockumentary. Mm-hmm. Um, I think there was one in, like, the 60s that was, like, a Beatles um, spoof, mm-hmm. you know, mm-hmm. before they the monkeys became a thing. Right. It was something... The Rudels or some shit. Yeah, like yeah, yeah, the yeah. Rudels. Yeah, yeah. yeah. That, so there was stuff like that. I don't know why that's so fucking funny. Yeah. <laughs> it's just stupid. <laughs> yeah. But, um, yeah, so he kind of... Had made the mockumentary style take off, right? Um, and what's interesting is you know, they had largely the same people years and years later, um, did that again with uh, A Mighty Wind, right? Um, where it was a mockumentary about uh, the uh, folk music scene, right? And shit, and right. they had a lot of the same people that were in Spinal Tap, yeah. In that. Yeah, and it's probably funny, but I like couldn't get through it because I didn't care about the you know about the subject matter. I, I did watch it and I did enjoy it. Oh, it was, cool! It was funny. Cool. I'll check it out. I'll check it out again. But some of the actual real dudes who have played with Spinal Tap, either on stage or in studio, are David Gilmour, mm-hmm. Mick Fleetwood, Dweezil Zappa, Cher, Slash. Steve Lukather, who's like the ultimate studio guitar player. Yeah. Phil Collin from Def Leppard. Jeff Beck, Satriani, Steve Vai, John Mayer. So all these dudes have like played in one form or another with this band. Yeah. So, I mean, it it you'd have to think that it blew up beyond their wildest dreams. You know? Yeah, I, well, I don't think that, yeah, they expect that. I yeah. mean, they had an album in the 90s, um... That was unrelated to you know the movie or anything, so it was all brand new material. Yeah, and then they had one not that long ago actually, but it's like um, back from the dead or something like that, mm-hmm. and it's mo- it's mostly re-recordings of songs from the soundtrack for for this. Right. So I listened to it a little bit, and it's like, well, I mean, it's the same songs you've heard before, but they don't sound as good. Right. Um, to me. Yeah, (laughs) yeah, yeah. Uh, One of the albums, you know, I was just looking at all the albums, titles and everything, and one that stuck out for me that made me laugh was fucking 1976 album, Bent for the Rent, (laughs) right? It's like gay for pay for fucking, that's hilarious. Another thing that that got me was when Nigel Tufnell, the lead guitarist, Mm -hmm. leaves the band because of the manager chick and all that. And, and then they uh, talk about going on without him. 
they call it the Mark II era. Yeah, of a smile a tap, which is a fucking yeah. straight up deep purple. So yeah, going through their discography here, there's. It's funny because you can look it up on Wikipedia. There's a Spinal Tap discography, and they have real albums. Mm-hmm. So there's this is Spinal Tap. That's the the CD. There uh, one they did in the '90s was Break Like the Wind. Right. Um, <laughs> with the uh, first song on that, just made me laugh. It's just called Bitch School. <laughs> yeah. Then there's Back from the Dead, which is the one I saw. That that was a longer. Okay, that was 2009. I guess time is relative because you know, but they're fictional. Albums are uh, Spinal Tap sings "Listen to the Flower People" and other favorites. Uh, in uh, "We Are All Flower People" in '68, mm-hmm. "Brain Hammer" in '70, "Nerve Damage" '71, "Blood to Let" '72, "Intravenous De Milo," <laughs> 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 "The Sun Never Sweats." There's "Bent for the Rent," "Tap Dancing," <laughs> yeah, "Rock and Roll Creation." Referred to as the gospel, according to Spinal Tap in the film, Shark Sandwich, and then Smell the Glove. Right. And their live albums. They have, like, a whole bunch of fake albums. Yeah. But there's... <laughs> live albums is uh, 69, Silent But Deadly. And uh, their 75 live album is Jap Habit. <laughs> oh, wow. <laughs> Which that's, I, that, that's at least in the East. Yeah. In a, in a different, <laughs> different way of saying it. <laughs> that's just funny to me. But uh, then they had their compilations or the incredible flight of Icarus P. Anybody, Heavy Metal Memories. So they they really sat down and wrote out a bunch of... Oh, yeah. A bunch of fake shit. Just, I, I imagine, because if you look at those album titles, they go from, like, normal sounding to that's when you start getting the ridiculous fucking names, like right. intravenous, intravenous to Milo yeah. and shit. Yeah. And the dudes are funny, man, because, like... Um, well, I mean, Michael McKeon, I first saw him in, um, he was Lenny, or Lenny and Squiggy on Laverne and Shirley. Yeah. So, you know, and so since, like, my friend's name was Lenny and we were everywhere, I was Squiggy a lot of times yeah. to people who didn't have much imagination. <laughs> so I So I was very aware of that dude all the time. And uh, they were all, they all did time on Saturday Night Live. Yeah. Even though it was mostly at different times. Yeah. You know? And, um, and Christopher Guest, Christopher Guest started off as, uh, he went to like some prestigious music school. So he was like, you know, schooled um, and ended up just, ended up being in comedy. Harry Shearer's like SCTV from all from the days. Yeah. So yeah, mm-hmm. man, you know, I, they, I'm sure that they fucking sat down and came up with the and with Rob Reiner, they all wrote the movie together. Yeah. So, yeah, man, those titles uh, were were the shit. Were the shit. Oh, one good one. One good thing that that they had was, um, you know, at the time, there was always pictures of Jimmy Page with the violin bow. Yeah. You know and. Right. Even though, like, I never really heard what that sounded like. Yeah. So I'm not really sure what it sounded like. But it was just so ever-present as an image. Yeah. You know? And they, they take it one step further. Instead of using the violin bow on the guitar, they just use a violin. Yeah, it's playing <laughs> it with a violin. Yeah. yeah. Which would probably, I mean, it would sound 
similar. You know, it would have to be yeah. doubly tonal. What, like, when did you first see this is Spinal Tap? You know, I at the time when it came out, uh, you know, like I say, you know, how I don't like mixing shit. Yeah. So there's a real good chance that I could have been offended, you know, like, by fuck that. yeah, fuck that shit. But I already knew who the guys were, and I already liked them, so yeah. it was it was easier for me to accept it. I didn't go see it at the movies, but I saw it probably right when it came out on VHS, <clears throat> which is probably like '86. Yeah, or so. That, yeah, back in the day, it used to be like a long fucking time between like a movie came out and when it came out on VHS. Oh yeah, <clears throat> and then on top of that, um, it was mostly uh, for rentals. Right. People don't, you know. Now you can fucking get a digital copy of a of a movie like two months after it was in fucking. Oh, most practically, yeah. Like kids are fucking spoiled. This is my old man rant, but like back in the day. You know, you got to see E.T. on VHS mm-hmm. like four years after it came out. Mm-hmm. It was a big fucking deal and you yeah. could only rent it. And, yeah. Yeah, because VHS, And then it'll be a couple more years before it was on regular yeah. TV or HBO. Or well, yeah, before, um, before like, eventually the prices of VHSs and shit went down. Right. I remember at them, first they were like 50 bucks. Oh, the, yeah, 50, the more than that. Yeah. And they'd be like 100 bucks. Yeah. And that's why, you know, rental places would buy them and then they rent them out. So mm-hmm. you go and rent ET or something else. So you take it home, you bring it back. Mm-hmm. So they get their money back eventually. Right. Um, it was, you know, it wasn't until about a lot later. Like, you didn't have, like, if, if you saw people's houses, if they had a VHS collection, mm-hmm. it was shit they recorded off TV, right? Or shit they recorded off HBO, yeah. Or fucking blockbuster shit that they kept, mm-hmm. or whatever. All of my favorite movies, growing up, I did not have a fucking official copy of that, right? You know, I had the Star Wars trilogy as recorded off of TV right. and HBO. At the Dark Crystal, as recorded off TV, mm-hmm. so you know you go back and watch it, and you gotta, you know, you're hoping your mom hit, you know, pause right. at the right time so you didn't miss any movie and you didn't get any commercial. Yeah, um, and that yeah. was all it was. I don't know how many like actual. It wasn't until the '90s that they came down at enough price right. that I remember when I started getting like, oh, I have an actual copy of Predator. Yeah, and Predator Two. Growing up, shit. we had one movie. And I think we borrowed it from somebody and never gave it back. <laughs> and it was 48 Hours okay. with uh, Eddie Murphy and Nick Nolte. That was the one movie that we had on the actual VHS. Which, those, which in those days, those fucking tapes were fucking heavy. Yeah. And fucking, like, well-built. Just yeah. like the VCRs were. Yeah. You know, and then suddenly they started just going to shit. Where yeah. they wouldn't even last, but, Yeah. So, so yeah, so, um, so I saw Spinal Tap, and it was one of those movies where I think just because of my attention span in those days and, and the way that it was set up, because it is like a super long SNL sketch, yeah, you know, so it, you don't really have to watch it from beginning to end. No, you can really. catch 10 minutes of it here, half hour of it there, and eventually you see the whole movie. And yeah. so that's how I think I saw it at first. Watched it like porn. Yeah, exactly. exactly. <laughs> Nobody's ever. If you've watched a porn from beginning to end, you're some sort of fucking sociopath. Yeah, yeah. You watch porn five minutes at a time. Yeah, yeah. Pretty much. Pretty much. 
and a lot of fast forwarding. Yeah. The rewinding. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, what else? But uh, well, what you know for me, what 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 are your favorite? Because it's really boils down. It's a very quotable movie. Right. Uh, and I think you know you want to say like, what are your favorite jokes or this and that? Um, I know for everybody. I mean, I open with it. You know, the the it goes to eleven. Right. Is the one of the lasting jokes, and it's still fucking funny. Just yeah. the it's like you see most go to a go to ten, but I, well, ours right. are special. They go to eleven. Right. So we, if you're on ten, what do you do? You, yeah. Where do you go? You can't go anymore. And then it's just you know, well, I have we have that. It's, you just need that extra little. We go to 11. Right. And then just, you know, Rob Reiner is like, well, why, why don't you just make 10 louder and 10 be the highest number? And, right. Well, ours goes to 11. Yeah. <laughs> you know. Which is funny because I don't know if this is where they got it from, but in those days, like the one guy who would constantly talk about that, and he still does, is Ingve. Uh, yeah. Ingrid would talk about, ah, you crank everything to 11, and, you know, whatever, whatever. And, and he had that sticker on his main strat that said, play loud. Yeah. You know, so he was always, like, the one who talked. And, and now he, he has to have fucking 50 Marshall stacks on stage. Yeah. Because, you know, whatever, it's fucking true. And the funny thing about that is if you've ever had a Marshall stack or fucked with one, you know that you can't turn that shit even to 10. Yeah. That shit will fucking blow the fuck up. Yeah. You know, and blow your fucking ears up. If once you, once you get past like six on the master volume, get past like six, yeah. you're fucking, you're shaking the fucking neighborhood. Yeah. So, so the, the concept of 11 really is absurd. Yeah. You know, but it's cool and it, it was a good quote and funny as fuck. Yeah. You know, and, and, and the funny part is when he just doesn't know what to say, he's just like, yeah, but these go to eleven. Yeah. yeah, I mean they're they're portrayed as fucking idiots the whole yeah. time. Yeah, you know they have the thing where you know when the 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 girlfriend ends up the manager because their manager finally gets fucking sick of her and quits, mm-hmm. and she's running the band into the ground. Yeah, and now they're opening for a puppet show. Yeah, and that's when like the band starts breaking up, and that's when they introduce Spinal Tap Mark II. Yeah, <laughs> you know. Yeah. All that shit, and then just to set up for eventually they have their triumphant reunion, right? And all that, but um, yeah, I mean, it's there's just so many. Like, um, one of my favorites is when you have uh, Nigel, he's 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 playing just enough nice soft ballad, mm-hmm. and he's, so he's like, Oh, this is something oh, yeah, I've been yeah, working yeah, yeah. on. And it's this piano ballad, and it's beautiful, right? You know, Rob Reiner's, oh, that's that's. That's that's beautiful. Uh, what's it called? Yeah. Well, it's called Lick My Love Pump. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And uh, and you know what? One of the funny things is that um, is that it is it does build upon um, a stereotype mm-hmm. or whatever of the time that you don't really have to know how to play. Yeah. To be in a rock band, I mean, you yeah. don't have to, you know, like. Obviously, some of the dudes are super fucking proficient and whatever, but some there's some three chord rock bands that have made it yeah. over the years, you know, and continue to do so. Yeah. So yeah, it was funny that they that they weren't that great, you know. Yeah. 
but then they also had their moments, yeah. you know. So yeah, it was cool. It was cool. Uh, I like the um, when uh, in one of the live ones that I showed you, they have like where they're uh, on strings and they're up in the air. Yeah, but it's not that great. Like yeah. it's not like when Kiss does it. Because they're just kind of shaking around and yeah. kind of dipping over, you yeah. know, head first and shit. So, yeah, it's hilarious. Uh, the shit that... And, and I'm sure, because I saw one where... Uh, I've been watching a lot of KISS concerts lately. And so I watched one where um, Ace, the uh, he's got this guitar, right? It, it started smoking before it was supposed to start smoking, uh-huh. right? And that's another thing that people, like, people don't realize that when, like, if you listen to live uh, Kiss album during Shock Me or whatever the, mm-hmm. the, the solo song is, there's going to be parts where it doesn't sound that great. Yeah. Because that shit's fucking smoking, and it's yeah. right by his fucking hands, and that yeah. shit's hot as fuck, yeah. you know? Because it, it was old-fashioned, you know? So, so yeah, and that guitar doesn't play that great, obviously. Because, yeah, that's his burner. Yeah. You know. It's so, like, you know, when Blackmore is going to destroy a fucking guitar. Exactly. He doesn't destroy his good one. Right. It's got, like, one real pickup in it, yeah. and the rest is all dummied out. Exactly. But in this one concert that I saw, like I said, it starts smoking early. So by the time he goes to fucking hang it on that hook that takes it up, mm-hmm. it's not smoking anymore. <laughs> and then the hook's not there where it's yeah. supposed to be. So he's just like, yo, whatever. And Very he just, spinal He tap. just puts it down, yeah. you know, and, and goes and grabs the other guitar. And then he's like, yeah, I don't know where that guy is. I don't know where that guy is. Yeah. <laughs> like, what the fuck are you talking uh, about? Yeah. But yeah, it kind of shit happens. Uh, you know, started smoking early. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. You, know? exactly. <laughs> you gotta get the the ace laugh in there. But yeah, no, that's the thing. It's like that whole movie is built on moments like that. So you, it became a thing when bands they talk about their spinal tap moments. Right, exactly. You know, um, and you know, you have Iomi who's like. It's a little too close to home a few, more than a few times in this movie. Yeah. Because I don't know if it was Sabbath, but there's also the thing with the pods. Well, oh, when yeah. Stuck in the pod. Yeah. I can't remember who that whose story that was, but that was another thing that happened. Oh, of, yeah. Um, totally. So it's, you know, when you put on a big spectacle like that, mm-hmm. things can go wrong. So they spoof that or when... Spinal Tap is getting lost backstage. Yeah, they can't even find the stage. Yeah, and they keep passing the same spot. And well, I remember a couple of things back in those because, like you said, it was those years eighty four, eighty five, eighty six, eighty seven that the big stage shows started coming out. You know, and it didn't always go well. Like um, for a World Slavery Tour. Mm-hmm. They had they uh, Iron Maiden had the obviously has the Eddie that comes out and walks around, yeah. but they also had the the mummy Eddie that was sitting over the stage, yeah, and uh, and he has his arms out and bubby head, and and it's on springs, yeah. so he's going like this, but like one time the springs failed, he just like went, <laughs> you know, so they had to figure out how to do that shit, yeah. and then during the same time. Dio was killing the dragon every night. On yeah, the fucking thing. 
And that shit didn't always look right. That shit yeah. looked stupid, like, half the time. You know? <laughs> I'm sure it looks better when Disney f- did that with their Fantasmic stage show. Oh, yeah. A, a dragon come out of the yeah. rivers of America. But, exactly. And Mickey Mouse battles him. Yeah. <laughs> it was just, it was, you know what it was? It was It was the springs. There was always springs. Yeah. Some shit was spring-loaded. very bouncy. Yeah, very bouncy and, and not, and uh, sometimes more bouncy than others. Yeah, you well, I, it's the fact that it's like, well, we can't. It, we it's too expensive to have an animatronic, right? Uh, so it's like, but we need to replicate some kind of motion. Yeah. So here's this fucking spring shit. Right. So they got and, this weird goofy springy yeah. thing. And they got like some fucking some road crew jumping up and down behind yeah. there and some shit. <laughs> I want that job. Yeah, I for want, sure. I want Mummy Eddie Spring Technician yeah. as a job on my resume. <laughs> yeah, there you go. So what'd you do? I jumped on a fucking trampoline during Iron Maiden concerts. Or uh, what? You know, we're getting a little far away from what we meant to talk about. But um, yeah. Well, I so did like um, uh, for Iron Maiden stage show at the times when they had have their uh, Charlotte the Harlot would come out. Uh, during the show every once in a while. Yeah. That bitch was gnarly looking. <laughs> oh, yeah. They got yeah. some busted looking chick to come out. Oh, and she yeah. Was, uh, you know, when they're You know, playing, oftentimes, uh, oftentimes that was the case. I remember in the, um, what, the girls, girls, girls era of Motley Crue. Yeah. And I mean, they had chicks throwing themselves, you know. Yeah. And they had two ugly chicks on stage in leather and whatever. Yeah. And, I don't. I didn't know where they came from or why they yeah. got picked. But it's like, well, they're a combined ten. Yeah, man. <laughs> yeah, it's that fine. was bad. You know, that was bad. Um, Motley Cruz had had uh, Tommy Lee got stuck upside down. Yeah. On that, and when his drum set used to do that shit, you know, um, Halford ran a motorcycle off the fucking stage, you know, before. <laughs> So yeah, everybody does have their fucking their spinal tap moment. I want to see the video of Halford. Just yeah, off the stage. yeah. I, I think he that. ran it into a wall actually. Like, oh, so that it'd be it's funnier if it's off the stage. Oh, that would be hilarious. But it's also significantly more dangerous. For oh everybody. yeah, for everyone. Yeah, yeah. It, I mean, at the very least, you can get a muffler burn or yeah, some shit. Where it's like, hey, yeah, yeah. Halford uh, ran his uh, motorcycle off the stage. That's hilarious. Yeah. Uh, a child died. <laughs> yeah. You know. What's funny, too, is when, you know, certain performers have learned the hard way that stage diving into the audience is not always a good idea. Oh, sometimes fuck they no. fucking just part and let you fucking land. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. No, I mean, they got to be real into you before they, yeah. they decide to crowd surf yeah. you and... Uh, or, you know, I see those stories, though, and, like, when a chick decides to stage dive and a bunch of pervy dudes are basically ripping her fucking clothes off. Yeah. And oh, and dudes have even said, yeah, I'm, I'm fucking crowd surfing and fucking everybody's trying to shove their hand up my fucking ass. Yeah. Like, fuck, man. They didn't fucking know you like me that much. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> There's a bunch of guys. What the fuck? <laughs> yeah. But, but it's like, yeah, I smell my fingers. Fucking, uh... It's freely, though. <laughs> oh, jeez. All right. So we're getting close to the end here. Anything else on it? Uh, you know, I think we covered it pretty good. I mean, it's just, a, you know, I'm glad we finally got to tackle another comedy right. episode. Uh, yeah. I think we, you know, when we originally 
started this, the right. intent was to do comedy and metal. Right. Because we're both metalheads and we're both comedians. Right. And uh, our Eddie Murphy episode didn't seem to get a whole lot of listens or right. anything. So I was like, eh, maybe. I was surprised by that, too. I was like, maybe. I'm fucking big into Eddie Murphy. Yeah, I was like, maybe, uh, maybe uh, we should s- stick more to the metal thing. Right. Finally, you know. That which you know that's the thing is the our the hit the light podcast the hit the light thing it's it's like a pun mm-hmm, you know because mm-hmm. we're you know you have the Metallica song hit the lights right but for those that have never done stand up comedy <clears throat> you know you know you're you know they you when you're getting the light that's mm-hmm. when uh, they turn the light on a little light on in the back of the club or if you're in a fucking shitty bar show and someone mm-hmm. holding up their cell phone yeah, yeah. <laughs> but. Um, that's to let you know that you got X amount of time. Left, right, right. You know. Um, right. And if somebody was to, like, just hurriedly say, hey, hit the light, hit the light on this fucking, that means yeah. you, you're fucking up up there. Yeah. You need to get off now. Yeah. <laughs> if you get lit early. Uh, yeah. Doesn't always happen. Yeah. It probably should happen more often. Yeah. When it does, uh, it's Shores, something uh, bad. Yeah. Ryan Shores, who we mentioned before. um, when he was, I don't know if he still does it at his show, um, but he used to do this at another show he ran where he kind of had, you had a flexible amount of time. If uh. you were killing it, he let you go mm. for a little while. And then eventually he has to let you. Mm. So if you're killing it and you're supposed to originally do 10 minutes, mm-hmm. if you're at minute nine and you're just straight killing it, killing it, killing it, um, He's gonna, going. yeah, yeah. He's gonna, he's gonna let you go. Right. If you're fucking up at and five, shit, yeah, he's gonna light you early. Right. So uh, that's interesting. I'm not sure I would like that. <laughs> Either which way. Yeah. Because most of the time, if I'm do, if I'm planning on doing ten, that's what I got in the bank. Yeah. You know, and and if I don't finish, oh jeez. That well, my bad. whole th- <laughs> what what I do in those situations, if because he told me that's what's going to happen, he said plan for up, you plan for fifteen ish potentially mm-hmm. or fifteen to twenty mm-hmm. if need be. But like when I did that show, like my my thing is is I know where my I I have my finisher. Mm-hmm. So in those situations, I know about how long it's going to take me to do it. Mm-hmm. So I'm like, light me at like five right. or something. So I'm going to fucking go and I'm going to tell all my other shit that's, you know, it, it might not be shit I've done in a minute. But mm. if you're going to keep letting me go, I'm going to do that. And I'm going to do that. And I'm going to mm. do that. And the second I see that light, that's then it's time for my, my finisher. Yeah. Um, so. Yeah, just, that's pretty much how I do it, too. So I figure we're going to try to work in comedy a little bit more. Right. Let's see if anybody gives a shit about Spinal Tap. Yeah. Uh, but, you know, I, I think see maybe a Sam Kinison Sam Kinison come in. would be cool. Something like that. Uh, there's plenty of, plenty Other of shit to choose Rock and from. roll dudes. Rock yeah. and, uh, dudes with rock and roll attitudes. Yeah. Dice we could do. Yeah. Uh, and so there's a lot of shit. Uh, I figure at some point... Um, I want to, you know, we're going to change it up a little bit and have, you know, have someone come in and, yeah. you know, have, have some like guests and right. just that way we can just talk about their, right. what got you into metal. Let's right. talk about some of your favorite bands and right. just shoot to the shit. I play, I figure I want to do that. Um, 
uh, you know, there's only going to be a few more episodes at the San Diego Library, right. by the way. Um, uh, me, and the, me, and the, yeah, me and the wife are going to be moving into an apartment where we can actually get record there right so in a few weeks uh you know about a about a month uh we're gonna be trying that there and i figure that's when we're gonna start bringing in yeah. some people to interview and you know all that eventually i'd like to have that dude casey trask on who uh I, like i was explaining to to lonnie the other day see <clears throat> because lonnie's like lonnie's team ace yeah right <clears throat> she's like fuck that it's not real without ace Okay, cool. Which is cool because that's what I wanted to, yeah. to think. But that's really what she thinks. And um, and then she's like, well, if they couldn't have Ace for whatever reason, if they can't work that out, then they should do like, um, like Ozzy or like Dio and fucking find some fucking young fucking stud and fucking yeah. vampire off his ass yeah. and fucking bring him up to a fucking higher level, yeah. you know? And I'm thinking, I really don't think they want to do that because that's going to make them look bad, yeah. you know, in comparison. So whatever. But anyway, this is the dude uh, that uh, he's he was ace yeah. in, in uh, Kissed Alive. But the trippy thing about, I mean, this dude, he's in Kissed Alive, He's in that band Cage, which uh, is they're from the days. They're from the eighties. Yeah. And uh, and the, but they're very Judas Priesty. The dude is like a super super sized Rob Halford, or you know yeah. whatever. And he's got a hell of a voice. And then him, him and uh, Ripper Owens, and some other guy who I can't think of at the time. They put together a thing yeah, called the, the three, three tremors, tremors yeah, right you were talking about that before right so he's in that band and then he's in his band that he's been in since high school named monarch and they just won the contest to go to vakin so this fool's like i don't know what else he does other than play guitar because he fucking you know he's he's like fucking starving for yeah. it you know and fucking so like a dude like that he's a possible star in the making you know, he's, he's got a chance, you know. So I'd like to have somebody like that on. Uh, the dudes from uh, from uh, Symbolic, I'd like to have those dudes on. They're pretty big for around here. But, yeah, and then, you know, maybe we can get some bigger dudes later on down the road. That would be, be great. Uh, all right. You got any shows coming up? I do not. All I'm right. taking a short break, writing some new shit, and... Uh, and yeah, we'll see how that goes. Right. It, it, I think it's so far it's going good. Right, cool. I'm also thinking about doing it in Spanish. It's becoming okay. a new thing, a new trend. Yeah, you know. And Benji and Luis and them, they got up at the Hollywood Comedy Store doing Spanish. Cool. So I can't do that. That but. might be a thing. <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna be at uh, Madhouse Comedy Club uh, Sunday, July seventh. We're right. gonna be doing the showcase there. Uh, finally, cashed it in on my. Uh, Third place oh, in the contest. Place. Yeah. <laughs> Hell yeah. Man. Yeah, my friendship with time. the guy that books it. But, right. <laughs> you know. Right. Shout out Dave. But uh, yeah, so I'm going to be doing that. Uh, I'm doing uh, Ryan Shore's uh, brewery show. I think it was at the Barrels. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I'm doing that July 18th. and I got to get on that, Mr. So. Shores. <laughs> yeah. 
I'll toss I'll toss that along to him. Yeah. You can give me a ride there and then uh, ask for a pop-in. There you go. All right, so that's it for the Spinal Tap episode. Until the next one, this is me, Big Frog. Me, Mike Castleberry. And we're out. <laughs>